Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. March 7th here in our nation's capital, and you know what that means. It's Fanatic Radio on blogtalkradio.com, America's premier sports music program, live from Media Production Center by Radio Saigon. I'm Michael Gardner. Join with me is the notorious Ben Florence and oh. Graham Burns as we have survived midterms week. Yes, we have. And Woo. are just hours away from officially kicking off spring break. I've already kicked it off. I don't know about you. Exactly. Graham, you're, this is your, uh, being a freshman, is your second go-around of midterms. How was it the second time? I had more midterms, like actual tests this time around, but I actually found it less stressful because not writing papers is a lot better than writing papers. So, I think statistically, spring semester is always di- more difficult. That's not easier. I'm taking less credit. I'm not taking a math class, so that's a big, big plus. Oh, geez. Good, uh, good show for you on hand. Uh, in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit 2013 Rookie of the Year, Kate Bach. She'll join us on the show Alleged. to talk about uh, her appearance once again in the magazine, the 50th anniversary. Swimsuit edition that was on bookshelves uh, in bookstores on February 18th. And also being part of a golden anniversary of one of the most iconic images in uh, magazine history. We'll also be talking some college basketball as um, American U is still uh, surviving. Both teams in the semifinals. We'll also get to Doug McDermott of Creighton as he reached the 3,000-point plateau. Where does he rank among the all-time greats in the college basketball lore? And we preview some March Madness as Selection Sunday is a week from Sunday. So we'll preview some conference tournament swag and get that rolling. Also, we'll throw in some uh, Major League Baseball spring training. But we'll start uh, before Kate comes on the show. Spring break plans. Graham, what are you doing to uh, toast your first collegiate spring break? I'm going back to Rochester, New York. Where so you're going back into the cold. Where yesterday morning it was negative nine degrees. Oh, jeez. A new record low. So I'm going back into the tundra in a yeah. break. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I need to go Panama home. Panama City, come on. We're Where, going. At the, where are you guys going? I'm not going to Panama City. <laughs> we were supposed to, but uh, plans, plans got messed up. Well, not we. I wasn't invited. Where are you going for spring break? I'm going to the legendary Columbia, Missouri. I'm going to visit my good friend who actually just called me on the show. Well, not on the show. Called me on my phone. 
And uh, I'm going to be there from Tuesday to Saturday at the campus, actually not, well, yes, at the campus of the University of Missouri. A great state school, which is in the middle of two big cities, two hours each in the middle of nowhere. There you go. I'll be returning home to the Lone yes! State. HP, baby. From from then on, I don't know where, because um, I'm gone for the 8th to the 17th, and then in between that, I could pretty much go wherever I want. It, it, it's nice. But um, to, to quickly jump into college basketball, did you go to the American University game? No, I was working. I work every Wednesday, which oh, unfortunately, what? they play every Wednesday. You're damn so right. It's, wow. It's incredible how that lined up so perfectly. So they play Holy Cross tomorrow, 530 Eastern on CBS Sportsnet. For those that can't watch the game that left already, left early. DirecTV channel uh, 219. Actually, no, channel 221, pardon me. 219 is Fox Sports 1. I don't know if there are any other. We are back in the semifinals for the first time Yes, in two years. Of course, the last time we were in a semifinal, mm. we, at home, we lost in double overtime to Lafayette. Ben, the slipper must fit for American. If we win, we'll face the winner of Boston Army. These, ne- these next four teams that are in the Patriot League, it, this the combination of what the finals could be yeah. is, is endless. It, well, that, that, that's how conference tournaments work. And so it's interesting. We have beaten every team that is still alive. We beat Holy Cross. Twice. We swept Holy yep. Cross. We swept Army. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. Uh, see? There you go. Uh, and, of course, we famously uh, crushed Boston by 30 before the second go-around. It, it was a tight game, though. It was a tight game. We could have won that game. We were in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off horribly in the mm-hmm. second. Actually, we had like from like for like a good like seven minutes. I don't think we recorded a basket from the field in the second half. So that was just a mess. But I think we can. We have a solid chance. I think that we can win against every team. Well, not only because we have, but because even in the game we lost to the three million teams, like you said, we were in it. So we've got we can we can score and play very good defense. So we're always in the game. We're never out of a game. So I think that I think we have a good chance to not only win tomorrow, but to go then on Wednesday and either stay here or go to up to the old Boston. It will, will probably be a raucous crowd because Boston draws terribly. Second worst in the conference, as we found out the other day. Which is which is very bad for one of the best teams in the Patriot League this year. Well, they got their hockey going on up there. Exactly. Do you think we can go the distance, Graham? Considering the next time we are on the air, it would be heartbreak or jubilation or both. I could. I mean, like Ben said, we've beaten all these teams. The one thing they have to look out for is they tend to enter offensive lulls where they, they don't – they might get a few free throws, but they don't necessarily produce from the field. And with the Princeton offense, since it requires a lot of backdoor cuts and passing, you do see a significant. They do sometimes commit a significant amount of turnovers on backdoor cuts and the like, um, especially with the big guys passing from the free throw line and extended. So I think they have to. They really they have to be on from the three point arc, which they have been consistently all year, uh, as well as they got they got to get to the hoop and they got to get transition baskets. And uh, guys like Charlie Jones, who we were just talking about, hustle players, 
who can create on the defensive end because their offensive skills lack, but they've got uh, the heart and they they don't play many minutes. The heart and soul of the team to create on the defensive end and hopefully create in transition for the team. And for those counting at home, uh, it's not if you're watching on CBS Sports Network or illegally somewhere, which we, of course, do not condone. Absolutely no, not. But it will be called by Sean Grant, the radio voice of the Boston Celtics, and somebody named Chris Walker. <laughs> they always get the most random people to do these games. They well, can't hire us. CBS, no, they should hire you, but you won't be there. I won't be there. They probably put you on the call. You and our good friend Malcolm Barber. Yeah, I think Malcolm is retired from broadcasting. Peace. Do you think we can go the distance and make the NCAA tournament? Uh, I think we can not only make the NCAA tournament, I think we can win the All right, on that bombshell. Yeah. We're not joined by Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Rookie of the Year 2013, Kate Bach from New York. Thank you for joining us here on Fanatic Radio. Hello? How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're doing great. Uh, we have Mike Gardner, Graham Burns, Ben Florence here at the studio. How is everything with you since the release of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? That was it was that been out for about a few weeks now. How has the reception been for the 50th anniversary magazine? Uh, well, this magazine was more exciting, I guess, because it's a bigger issue, and we just did all the crazy press tour stuff in Miami and in New York. So that was kind of all a whirlwind, and now we're all back in freezing New York City, so I'm kind of missing all the girls and all the events and everything, but uh, it's been really fun. It's been crazy and eventful as usual. Uh, is there any crazy stories you have from from the media trips, considering now this is your second time around being featured in the magazine? Um, I don't know, crazy stories. I don't know. It's kind of funny because a lot of us have never actually met each other. So when we first start doing all that, they sort of ask us all about each other and what we think of all the girls, and none of us have even met because we all shoot individually. So that's always kind of funny that we're kind of put in as like a sisterhood from day one when really we haven't really met yet. But by the end, it it really is, and you're together with the girls all day long, and there's just so much to do and so many places to be. So it's just kind of a really fun kind of trip with all your girlfriends. Uh, looking through your, um, a, a quick fact article about you, I read that you were discovered in high school and competing in a swim meet. Is that true? Uh, I was actually in elementary school. <laughs> funny. I was like uh, 12 years old, and I swam at the pool in my hometown, and my uh, mother agent is also from the same hometown as me, so she met me at the pool with braces and my uh, sneakers and my little whatever 12-year-old kids wear. And, uh, yeah, it started then. That was it. And how's, how has it been for you ever since that? Uh, crazy. I mean, I've traveled the world. I um, When I finished high school, I moved to Paris, and I lived in Europe and in London and Paris mostly. And then I was in Tokyo for a little bit, and now I've been in New York for a while. So, not only do I get to live in pretty amazing cities, but I also get to work with people like Sports Traded, and they take me to beautiful beachy locations. So it's been pretty amazing, I have to say. What's been your favorite place that you've had a photo shoot, uh, even for the magazine, or your favorite vacation spot, I guess, would be the better way to say it. Favorite vacation spot? Because that totally is a different question. Um, I really love every time I get to shoot in Tulum in Mexico. 
it's very convenient sort of to get to from New York, and it's so beautiful. The sand is white. The beach is blue. They have all sorts of, like, healthy kind of eating choices as well as Mexican food, which is amazing. And it's just so, so beautiful there. So I love Tulum. Check it out. Kate, it's Ben Florence. Uh, it says that you, uh, when you were awarded the Rookie of the Year trophy uh, during the Knicks game last year, and yeah. you said it was your first ever live basketball game, would you say that if you had to pick a favorite basketball team, who would it be? And B, what is it like? Or how do you win a Rookie of the Year uh, contest like this? How do you win? Well, they put us up online and – people vote, I guess. It was like an unlimited voting system until the day it was over, which uh, I don't know, I guess I got lucky and everyone voted on my behalf. Um, and I forgot what was that, or I didn't hear what was part A about basketball? Uh, when you found out you were Rookie of the Year, it was your first live basketball game at the Knicks game, and Ben was okay. asking, is the Knicks your favorite team now, or do you have another sports team? Oh, I'm a hockey fan. I don't really know much about basketball. It was really cool to be at a basketball game, but I'm definitely a hockey girl. In my Canadian blood. Kate, this is Graham Burns. Did you have any idea that you were going to win this award, or was it just out of the blue? Uh, well, they had all the postings up online for, I think, three weeks maybe, and they had the percentages of how each girl was doing in the contest kind of thing. So I could see that I was ahead by quite a bit and was hoping that it was going to stay that way, but I guess you never know until it's over, really, right? Yeah. Uh, considering this is the 50th anniversary, how does it feel for you being part of, of such a cultural legacy that is the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? Because you have to imagine all the famous people that have been featured in the magazine, uh, Brooklyn Decker, Christine Brinkley, just to name a few. How does it feel for you personally to be part of this sort of eternal sisterhood of swimsuit models in Sports Illustrated magazine? Yeah, I mean, so many of the girls have taken, like, Sports Illustrated really makes the girl's name known, and then what the girl can do with it has been shown in a million different ways. And luckily this year we, we had the 50 Years of Beautiful events. Kind of it was a night and show and they did some awards there, and I got to meet a bunch of the girls, and it was really kind of amazing having Heidi Klum hosting, and Christy Brinkley was there, and I was with Kathy Ireland and Rachel Hunter, who are all kind of iconic girls at this point. So for me to be included in it and then to meet them and to be hanging out with them, and it's really inspiring and amazing, and I feel so lucky, blessed, all of those things to be part of it. Also, uh, one of the unique uh, features of this year's magazine is Kate Upton is in space, and then yeah. last issue, last issue she was uh, in Antarctica. Would you ever consider doing something crazy like that? Um, the space one looked really cool. I wanted to ask them about it though, because I wonder if that was really cold also, because the zero gravity thing—they're always wearing big suits in there—and she was the only one in a bathing suit, obviously. But I. And that looked kind of crazy and interesting. I'd be totally game for something like that. Antarctica, on the other hand, I mean, New York's been cold enough itself in the last few weeks. I don't know if I'm dying to do a bathing suit shoot there. And also, uh, you mentioned you are from Canada. How happy are you about the uh, the Winter Olympics that just finished up? I'm very happy. We did very well. It was really fun. I get really into the Olympics. 
especially the hockey. So it was really fun to watch all of that and see our teams take home goals. Also, what does um, what does the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model do between the dates of the magazine? Do you have like, are you going to be like a future TV star or on mm-hmm. uh, like some reality show? What, what do you do, or what do you do in the downtime between the, uh, the the media frenzy that you just got finished with until the next issue or the your next photo shoot for the issue? Uh, well, really, it's only we only shoot once a year, so. There's tons of things that happen in between. I think each girl kind of has their own career and have a little bit maybe different directions, and that's what they like so much that every girl is kind of individual and unique. Um, but I live in New York, and I travel and work for lots of different clients and travel the world and uh, visit my family at home in Vancouver, and um, I'm busy doing all sorts of different things. I don't know that I'll be on a reality show anytime soon, but auditioning from movies or shows or just doing other kind of modeling jobs. So just keeping busy with all sorts of stuff. And then this is just a really exciting time of the year where we get to do lots of press and have all of our friends around or travel to beautiful beaches. But there's lots going on otherwise also. All right, she's Kate Bosch. She's 2013 Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue Rookie of the Year. She's also featured in the 50th anniversary. You can pick it up at bookstores or magazine stands. Also, we'll give a shout-out to the 50 Years of Beautiful, the coffee table book you can buy. Thank you once again for joining us here on Fanatic Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Call back anytime. Thank you. You know, you, you mentioned bookstores. I mean, they still have bookstores? Barnes & Noble. And Barnes & Noble, Noble and nobody else. Exactly. I remember when Borders was the I, I did, too. It's sad. It, that, was, that was one of the childhood memories of Barnes & Noble. Yeah. You do not have childhood memories. Yeah, dude. We have, we, I have a childhood. I didn't know you have a childhood. Probably wasn't a happy one, but... Exactly. Now we all have the memory that we got to talk of the uh, to the Rookie of the Year for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. I didn't realize she was a fan, but... Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that either. See, aren't you glad I asked these penetrating questions? Yeah, you did a good job. Very, yeah. pr- very proud of it. And now we can go home, right? Yeah, exactly. For lack of better words. But back to college basketball. You said that we would win the tournament, Ben. Uh, no, I'm not saying we will win. I still think... I think we're going to, if you read my predictions on a certain website, I never read it. No, it. No, no, well, I'm just saying. That I did see that you had Boston winning. Yeah, I'm not predicting an AU win, but I, I, if AU won, I wouldn't be surprised at that. And I don't know that too many people would because AU's been, you know, they had that awesome start. Took a little step back, but they probably came back to earth. But... Um, I, again, I think they can do it. I mean, you look at you look at this game against Colgate, where they won relatively handily. They were still alive. They're still in the mix. Colgate was, but unlike the last time Colgate here, where they won and they beat us relatively convincingly. So I think we got a little uh, uh, additional um, uh, confidence in winning that game. I do think we'll win tomorrow. I will be there because uh, that's, that's just how full of rules. And uh, then going on forward, hopefully, uh, I would love to see us in the NCAA tournament. I think that would be so cool. I think I would, I would want to fly out for that. 
Yeah, even if it's in Spokane, if it's wherever. I don't know if I would do that. You love Spokane. It's sort of, a, it's sort of like a, a double-edged sword if we will win or not, because I wouldn't be surprised if we lose, Yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if we win. Well, that's basically what I Exactly, because Brandon has had tournament experience. I mean, he was an assistant coach in the Big East tournament, which used to be the, the best college basketball tournament. And he was an assistant here when we went to the tournament. Exactly. So he knows how to coach in crunch time. With a new team, though, with some, with many new heads, even as a rookie coach, though. Exactly. That's the that's the difference now. He's running the show. Yeah, because essentially tomorrow, tomorrow and potentially Wednesday is like game of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for now. we we have noticed in the games they've lost, some he's still fixing his lineup. Yeah. He's still trying to. Which is okay. He's still trying to tweak stuff. Uh, we we have to win tomorrow. We have to win. Because it wouldn't be embarrassing if we lose at home. It'd be the second straight time we've hosted a home semifinal and lost. But if we lose and there's nobody there to watch the game, does it happen? Does it really happen? It's a tree fall. <laughs> no one uses it. I think people will be there. They will be there? Uh, probably. I don't know why it wouldn't. So that we will win because if if all, all the right things come together, the keys for us to win, Vicky uh, can't be in foul trouble. That's right. Uh, Gardner has to take care of the ball. Well, dictate the pace of the game because there's, there's a lot of the times where he will shoot instead of driving the lane yeah. and get fouled. Cause he's a big fan of the foul line one. That's like him. That's like his go-to. Yeah, go or go for the runner too. But there's times when he doesn't do that. Yeah, he gets the Princeton offense. He gets very sort of drone out at times. And you run out the shot clock a lot, and he ends up being the one having to take the shot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And for Holy Cross, uh, when we played them, I think both times were about six, eight-point games. Hmm. If we grind out Saturday's game with a, a hard-fought win. We'll win on Wednesday because okay. the Patriot League works like that, and the fact that it's not a, it's not a, a straight three straight day tournament. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. it's just another series of games. It used to be more like that. It used to be more, or it would be the first couple rounds were kind of more crushed together. Then there would be like several days because we used to have that like six o'clock Friday slot before the right. championship moved from. Uh, ESPN to CBS Sports Network, which may have hurt exposure, but also allowed uh, basically the ability to dictate the schedule to what they wanted. Exactly, and so if if we win, if we win in sort of in a hard fought game on Saturday, I could I could see us go up to Boston and win. It'd be the third time we play them, mm. uh, so we split the series. That's right. We as you mentioned, then we played them very tough in Boston, blew them out at home. Yeah. So they have very similar qualities to us where they got guards that can shoot mm-hmm. and the big man. They got a, uh, what's the guy? Dal Norris. Yeah, that guy's a monster. He, he's actually featured in the Patriot League tournament program, which I have here. He's uh, also on the Patriot League offers team, which makes sense because he's just a freaking truck. Interesting story about him. I want to give a, a, a quick shout-out to – You want to uh, know Yeah, it was, it was a well-written piece oh. if, if we soon find it. Written by Matt Doherty of the Patriot League, my boy, the communications guy. You don't know him. He's six. Don Moore is six seven, two hundred forty pounds. That's straight out of Philly. But really, he's a linebacker. Well, he wrestled and played football. His mom actually, the story says his mom actually taught him how to play basketball okay. because she was a high school basketball star in the Philadelphia area. Mm. So that's cool. How about that? Yeah. Plus, either either saw one American or Boston representing the Patriot League. 
we don't want no Holy Cross or Army. Not that they're bad teams. Well, it's just there's no realistic shot for either of those teams in the tournament. It's just I mean the it'd, be great, it'd be great for a Boston AU matchup because it would be you know settle the score. And I think it, they're the two best teams. The Patriot League has been very evenly matched, and I think that's why we're all surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Wouldn't be surprised if they won because it's so evenly matched. Exactly. Um, but I think that these two teams will best represent the Patriot League. I think they're the one who, at their best, could be, if let's say they're a 14, 15 seed, could have a shot at being a three seed playing at their worst. Exactly. As you mentioned, Lenardi has Boston, the 15 seed, playing Villanova. Villanova. No, uh, no, uh, no, I was saying that if Boston were in that situation like that where they were playing a team like Villanova, I would probably take them because I'm not a big fan of Villanova. Villanova is. Is a very they're not a very deep team. They're just and they haven't played that well against ranked teams. They crazy angels since November, and that's why I think AU could have a chance against them because their outside shooting has been absolutely killer this year. Not Creighton status, obviously. Yeah, but they, I don't know where Lenardi has. They have something. So, yeah. All right, we'll talk some more college basketball, especially Doug McDermott and uh, what the Creighton Blue Jays have in store. Uh, after this, we'll also be joined by Nick Pappas to talk the U.S. soccer. Uh, Ooh. Jerseys were released, and they were embarrassed in Cyprus against the Ukraine. And also spring training talk more after this, listening to FNAC Radio on blogtalkradio.com. It's Fnatic Radio. I have no decision-making capability on this program! That's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fnatic Radio on... Blog Talk Radio.
Fanatic Radio. And whoever made the decision to give you this big fancy studio is an idiot. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Fanatic Radio, BlogTalkRadio.com, Premier Sports Music Program, America's Sports Music Program, Mike Gardner, Ben Florence, Graham Burns, K Bog Radio. K Bog joined us on the first half of the show to talk uh, Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue. She's 2013 Rookie of the Year. Music just playing in the background. Magic from Robin Sick. Want to give him a happy birthday on March 10th? Oh, what's up? Our boy Sick. Sick. Uh, no, uh, mo- most notably known for uh, being the son of Alan Thick, yeah. as you mentioned to me a couple of days ago. To be the guy, he was also the guy who made uh, the Blurred Lines sensation. One of the greatest music videos of all And an endorser of uh, Beat the Pill. That's right. <laughs> Good singer. Also a very funny character on Kevin Hart's Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yeah, he was only on the first season. Exactly, to focus on his music career. He's a cool guy. Never met him. I love to meet him. Anyway, back here to talk some more college basketball. We continue off the coattails of our extensive Patriot League Championship breakdown. Absolutely. Where we have pretty much have Boston winning, unless the inevitable happens. Well, you want to make you winning. I think we can win. If we, say, if we, 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 if uh, more the quickly for AU Athletics, I want to give a shout-out to the wrestling team. They're competing in their conference championships. They had the Palestra. Yeah! So, uh, shout-out to uh, David Terrell, who I think is the number 10-ranked wrestler in the country uh, with his respected weight class 125. Did an interview with him for Eye on the Eagles, which will be airing on Comcast Sportsnet uh, later in March. We do love Eye on the Eagles. Or, uh, April, I think April 1st is the episode that will air. I, that's that's when I do interviews with Terrell and the Shot Doctor. Yes. Which a fun fact, fun fact of the day, Scott Greenman. So we finally found out why he's the Shot Doctor. Yeah, it's a name that was given to him halfway, but somewhat at Georgetown, somewhat at AU. Uh-huh. So I'll give you two. I'll give you two uh, teasers to this. Yeah. He is not the reason why Roblicky shoots one-handed free throws. Really. Not the reason. And he, when he played basketball at Princeton in the late 90s, Brennan was an assistant there. So he and Brennan go a lot further back than just Georgetown. Interesting. Also, Danny Mitchell, number 11 wrestler, and 197. He's also the TA for one of my business classes. Really? Yeah. He could have, he was, apparently he was, so, he was so smart he could have graduated in three years. Got a four. Danny Mitchell. Yeah. Wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Falling hair. Yeah. Good best luck to them. Also, shout out to the women's team who plays Army in West Point on Monday night against a Black Knights team that barely survived against a seven seed Boston, but has but has been the only team that has beat us twice. So the boy tells. And they feature a uh, player of the year, Chelsea Minata, who dropped a NC uh, one of the, one of the NCAA's highs, forty nine points this year. Okay. So that should be. 
That's like you and anything else. Good to say the least. More college basketball. We're, uh, during the break, when you mentioned, Graham, that uh, GW is an at-large bid. Yeah. South of D.C. basketball. I mean, they got them as an at-large bid. I couldn't believe it. I think the last time I checked, they were fifth, fifth in the Atlantic 10. Yeah. And I mean, they, they played a decent conference. You know, you got you got VCU, you got St. Joseph's, you got St. Louis. So they've already got St. Louis. It was like 10 Massachusetts. Countries. Yeah, last week. They got Massachusetts. UMass. So you've got, they've already got St. Louis, VCU, and UMass ahead of them in that conference, and they're still getting that large bid. And the seventh seed projected right now. Yeah, EA has always been a very good conference. But this year, they're looking, they're looking very strong. And Dayton's been strong. George Mason hasn't been bad. St. Bonaventure has been George Mason's been bad. I think their record was like 1 in 12 last time I checked, like 1 in 8. I don't know they're if they are. They're 4-11 in the conference. Well, right. they're, they're Maybe I'm lying a little bit. But they do have a 27th strength of schedule range. But yeah, they did play a lot of tough opponents. Who is, so they have seven ten. Who is projected to play them? They have them playing Memphis in the eighth season. Oh, so. <laughs> That's Joe Lenardi. We're going to see a lot of new faces in this Joe tournament. Joe Lenardi. Uh, GW. My boys at SMU, Larry Brown. How about that? Bringing those Mustangs potentially to the tournament, I think, for the first time. Since uh, they're, they're a lock to get it. They were ranked like 23rd in the nation. Yeah. They have not been ranked since 1984, 85, 86 years. And they've stunk. Growing up in Dallas, they overate the horrendous basketball team. So much of the fact that I could buy a general admission and sit courtside. The last time they even made a postseason tournament, a legitimate one, was the NIT. In the mid-'90s, Gerald Sasser, who was drafted by the Magic and I think played two years. There you go. Hey. And now, now they have a lot. Basically, Larry Brown has brought SMU back to winning form yeah. in, uh, in a, very, a very good American conference. He's been playing right, teams really. like Louisville, upset UConn earlier this year. Memphis. Go Memphis. And I mean, they're probably one of the toughest places to play in that conference. Interesting enough, you talk about General Admission, Christine Courtside, and this year they've been one of the toughest places to play. Ever since they opened up, reopened up Moody Coliseum, it's a funny story for the, the first half of their season. You know, their first game was uh, like January 18th or something like that. Like the first couple, first couple weeks of January was when they actually finished the renovation. Actually, January 4th was the game that you commonly upset. They reopened Moody Coliseum, sort of like what UCLA did with Floyd uh, Pavilion. Pavilion. So before they were playing in like rec centers and like 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 the Garland Event Center or the Slack Tournament. Yes, we love Katie. So they went on sort of this uh, this preview tour to play in various various Dallas area very Dallas area gyms. Dallas sucks. Now it's good that they're back in their gym. Larry Brown has brought this new wave of winning back to a school that hasn't seen a winning season in quite some time. Even under the great uh, Matt Doherty, awful coach. And, and various others. He did, he did do great work at uh, North Carolina, though. Yeah. What, he, what Larry Brown has done now is he's basically convinced high school kids, Texas high school kids, which uh, there's a lot of great talent coming out of it, especially the Dallas area. Darren Williams, to name one. Uh, Marcus Smart, LeBron Nash of Oklahoma State. The, the, the one's great, Bracey Wright, who played basketball at Indiana back when they were good in the Big Ten. Dallas has good players. And He's basically to convince them to not go to like Texas or Baylor or any or other or, state, or out of state, state like any of the Midwest, Indiana. Come to the SMU local school, 
Bringing Moody back. Now we're talking about more to small schools. Now turn big. Creighton, Doug McDermott uh, joined a prestigious list. Has he has he broke three thousand? Nine thousand. He he had currently it's three thousand points. He is two hundred nine hundred sixty-six. He'll break that this weekend. Yeah. Or next. He needs forty-four points going into. I don't think they played yet, but he that's certainly an interesting story. And yeah. I think they did an article about him on ESPN. Uh, very very humble guy. Uh, very cool to see a player of his prestige in this day and age stay for four years. Um, the last first time we saw that was Tyler Hansborough. That yeah, was like ages ago. But everybody it? hated Tyler Hansborough. Everybody loves well, I shouldn't say loves, but you have to respect Tom McDermott because he's not psycho T. Um, and it's just really cool to see the way he plays because you know he's going to be good in the NBA. Yeah, he's just got he's got the shot and he's got he plays angles really well. He's not necessarily a pretty big guy. He's a swingman. Yeah, he will be. That that'll be the problem. The next yeah. level where he's going to play. Yeah. It's sort of like what uh, Adam Morrison was facing. That's right. Similar build, similar position, and shot selection. Great college basketball but player. Doug McDermott's just way more attractive than Adam Morrison ever was. Does have a mustache? Yeah. Well, where does he rank among college basketball greats? Especially in our recent memory, we have guys like JJ Redick, Tyler Hansbrough. You know, it will eventually join a list that includes Pistol Pete mm-hmm. and uh, Hershey Hawkins. Well, um, it's interesting you talk about the point, Lee. Like, what's interesting with college basketball, talking about their all-time grits, we remember so many great players, but they'll have come for one year, two years. Like you said, he's one of the rare guys to stay all four. Like, the all-time point leader was Pete Maravich, and he played for some awful LSU teams yeah. and played for his dictator of a father. Ironically, they both played for their father. Exactly. A little different style. But. Exactly. And what's interesting with Doug McDermott, I saw an interview with him and uh, his father, Greg, on a part of the interruption last week. Fantastic stuff. And both seem like, you know, humble guys, guys you want to root for, not like, you know, D-bags. What was interesting with Dermot McDermott, he technically is a walk-on this year. He's yeah, not he gave, he gave up the scholarship, so a teammate. Uh, Brand, uh, ben Grubbs. Yeah. Man, yeah. Again, uh, another year of uh, eligibility. And thus uh, he stayed, and well, it doesn't help that your father's making millions of dollars in the university, but he's actually paying his paying his way the old-fashioned way, kind of like folks like us. Absolutely. So we are like Doug McDermott. He appeals to the common man. How good is Creighton, though? They did not win the Big East. And we're talking all this talk of a, the country's leading scorer and probably the obvious candidate to win Wooden Award. Villanova actually took the uh, the Big East title. Ugh. The embarrassment of a Big East. Yeah. Fox Sports 1. When Providence finishes third in your conference. Which one? Providence is good. Bryce Cotton's a great player. Bryce Cotton is a good player. Providence is not a good team. Which one are Providence? They never finished up maybe the bottom five in the past. But they're they're, they're coming back, though. They're a good team. They're a tournament team. Okay, so... Will Creighton win the... uh, Are they primed to win the Big East tournament, or will we see some... I uh, I think they are, because... Realistically, if Villanova is the one there, the two, they meet in the final. Creighton's destroyed them both times. I've seen yeah. Taken it. Well, this time it's in the Garden. That's right. Which is a, the Eastern Regional. That's right. It's First time it's been a how was it, tournament game because it's always been the NIT. Yeah. But since the NCAA owns the NIT, it was interesting. They only announced the uh, that fine, the regional final like a couple years ago. Usually these are announced like several years in advance, but that was always TBA because – they wanted to go to New York. It was between uh, Madison Square Garden 
uh, Newark, which not that long ago had drew very well when they hosted the East Regional, and the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So which was the A Center? Yeah, and you know everyone loves Madison Square Garden because of the big name. And they did just renovate. I haven't been in a renovation. I mean, we all know it's a very overrated venue. Yeah. It's the most famous arena in, in the world because uh, MSG labeled itself that. That's the thing. Like, it's not like they got a nickname the old-fashioned way. They gave themselves the nickname. Like Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba. Like, you don't give yourself a nickname. Like, what the hell is that? Kirk Bush and the Outlaw. Like, come there. I mean, uh, it does help that MSG has hosted so many sporting events over the years. They're also in the most prestigious city and possibly in the world. Right. And so the fact that they've hosted all sorts of events from lots of boxing, Sraquini Circus, Sraquini used to be very popular. You got hockey, you got basketball. They probably like play indoor football or something. I don't even know. But it's just the fact that the big, especially with the Big East tournament coming there, you just get a lot of high quality events. And now since it's in New York, it just blows it. More, even more out of the Right. So, moving forward, Ben, what is the mid-major tournament as your plethora of bflow360.com predictions? That's right. What is, sort of the, what is the best mid-major tournament we could look out for and your best mid-major team to watch out for? Uh, the mid-major conference, uh, you know, we talked about A-10. A- the A-10 has always been a very good basketball conference, but it's never been at the level of the top schools. But you always have a bunch of very good teams out of it. And it's always a very fun tournament. Mm-hmm. Teams will shoot very well. Uh, they're in the Barclays Center, as I, I just mentioned, that venue. So I think the A-10 is a very good basketball conference. You know, a lot of these smaller conferences that have started as of right now, they, uh, they're generally just one big league. So you got a team that's clearly better, but a lot of times, sometimes they'll lose. You know, you get like, like a classic bid snatcher out of nowhere. So the next week is when the really good tournaments start to uh, start to kick off. And I forget what your second question was. Mid-major team. Uh, mid-major team to watch out for. I'm going to give you, we talked about it on the break, out of the Horizon League, provided they win their conference tournament, now they will host the uh, semifinals. But, uh, and then, because the, the Horizon League has got a different uh, conference format. It's home sites for the quarters. The semis is hosted by the team that won the one seed to get the bye to the semifinals. But then the home, uh, the championship game is hosted by the highest seed remaining. Green Bay came in as a heavy favorite, even though I actually got it wrong when I saw on my blog. I said, there may not be a favorite because I try to manufacture a storyline. I'm completely wrong. But I think Green Bay, they got a very good regard for it. They've already beaten Virginia this year. Earlier in the year when people were wondering how good Virginia was, now Virginia's gone to win the ACC, which is ridiculous. Very good team, but and I love Tony Bennett. But Tony Bennett famously started for the Green Bay Phoenix. But I made the first NCAA tournament under legendary coach Dick Bennett in 1993. So, so Wisconsin Green Bay. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the Green Bay Phoenix as a team to look out for. Grant, I mean, Flo mentioned Virginia winning the ACC. Your Q's are entering. Is it Greensboro? No, they usually have it. Yeah, entering Greensboro for the first time as a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Great conference. We have. Well, yeah, go ahead. They have seen the likes of one of the best basketball conferences in the country. Won some games, lost some pretty bad games. Do you think your Qs could run the table and win um, next week? I honestly, I would rather see them 
uh, lose first round. I wouldn't. No, I don't want to see a lost first round. Not they are the two seed. They are the two seed because Duke lost to Wake Forest, which was. Hey, that's you, know, you know we're run by the Deacons there. Uh, that's me. Uh, so they they are the two seed. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see them get to the. It'd be cool to see them in the championship game. Obviously, you'd like to see them win. But Syracuse, whenever you go back to the 2006 uh, Big East tournament, Jerry McNamara is an incredible run yeah. to the Big East finals. They win it all. They go on to the tournament, losing the first round. Jerry McNamara scores one total point in that game. Classic. And uh, against Texas A&M, more, that and the Vermont game are the two most torturous, <laughs> torturous games I've ever watched as a series. But he shot it from the parking lot. I was about to say that. He shot it from the parking lot. Uh, I think that Texas A&M team, would that have been at AC Law, did it? I think it had AC Law. AC Law, Donald Trump. They had Sloan. Yeah, Syracuse was a well, that was a good A&M team. Yeah, that was about here with DeAndre Jordan. Or maybe he might have been after. Yeah, no, he was 06. I think Jordan was 08. Yeah, it was. Either way, those were two very heartbreaking games. And uh, I, Syracuse, like last year, uh, who was it? Uh, Seth, um, what's his name? McFarland. No, on the CBS analyst. Uh, uh, Seth Davis. Picks Montana to beat Syracuse, and wow. Syracuse goes out and drops like 80, beats Montana like 85. Syracuse got a final four last year. Yeah, like yeah, but their defense was a lot better than it is this year. Uh, they need to fix up this. I'm not. I like them too, but him and uh, Doug Gottlieb just hate on Syracuse all over the place. Gottlieb, because Gottlieb didn't get recruited by Bayheim and now has this whole thing about how he has to hate Syracuse no matter what. He did get recruited by Eddie Sutton. And, no, he did not get recruited. Well, he got recruited out of JUCO by Eddie Sutton. Yes. Because he famously went to Notre Dame, got kicked, was going to get expelled, and he decided to transfer to uh, some JUCO in, I think, Southern California, where he's from. And then he went to Oklahoma State, became one of the best point guards statistically in history, did nothing in the pros with ESPN, uh, became, you know, a top analyst. I've never been a big golly guy, but I do give him credit for, like, the top analyst. He doesn't try to follow the smaller conferences. Mm-hmm. You guys, like, you know, I love, like, Greg Anthony, but, like, they, they know little. Fairly. You know, I mean, Greg Anthony's awesome. And he's going to be on the Final Four crew on uh, TBS and CBS and Jim Nance and uh, Steve Kerr. But, um... Yeah, but he was one of the guys that he always did at ESPN. He was a guy that would fall, closely follow the lower conferences. I do give him credit for that. He's also angry a lot, which I've noticed. So uh, out of the big out of the big conferences, like, ACC, Big East, Big Twelve. When we talked about Penn, Creighton taking the Big East tournament, I could see Virginia winning ACC tournaments. Really, I could, I could see Duke. Or I could, I, mean, I could see Duke, Syracuse, I could see North Carolina. I could see that. Um, they've struggled of late because it seems that whenever they're the underdog and they fall out of the rankings, they come back stronger that right. like against Duke. Great but when point. they are favored and they're, you know, they're like top 15 now, they drop. And, I mean, they got yeah. Duke They got Duke tomorrow night, so that's going to be a big indicator. Who's going to get looped up for that? Yeah. Other conferences, Big Ten has been dismal. Yeah, Big Ten sucks. Well, big, I think Big Ten just – it's cannibalizing itself. I agree. It's yeah, I got Delmarks is UMD going there now. I could, I could not. And Rutgers. I could not. Nobody cares about Rutgers. Big 12 would be interesting as well. Big 12, probably the best conference in the country. I could see Oklahoma State going Yeah, well, look at what Oklahoma State has been doing since Marcus Smart's suspension. 
think that one's been, been it's been what they've been awesome to play. I give I give Travis Corn gets a lot of heat and he deserves it because he's not a very good coach. And he, he had no control over Marcus Smart. But he turned that pro team around because they started off very well. They were in the top five. Completely fell apart. It became they were dropped out of the top 25. And yeah. they were a borderline tournament team by the time they had dropped Rock Bobby had the Texas Tech loss. They had the best shenanigans. So, I, yeah, they definitely need a deep run in big, the Big 12 tournament in order to solidify Because right now they're, they got all wins. Lenardi's got them as a nine seed against SMU. Uh, but... They're, I don't think they're set yet. If they lose the first round, I potentially think they could be out. Yeah. So they really – they could be a last scoring kind of team. So they really need – but Marcus Smart has turned it around. Yeah. I hated him the first half of the year. He just – he seemed like he didn't even want to be there after they lost a few games. You could tell he was regretting coming back to college. Yeah. But ever since his return, he's been much more team player. He's looked a lot better. You know, and a lot of people talk about, I think we actually uh, talked about Seth Davis certainly. Seth Davis made a very good point. Like, people are like, oh, he shouldn't have come back to school because now he's going through all this. But Seth Davis made the point, would you rather go through this now in college or in the NBA? Yeah. Where in the NBA, you do that, you're done. Yeah. You look like you can't. You can do it in college because you have to at least have the opportunity to rehab yourself. Mm-hmm. So, how about that? Exactly. Interesting to see what the one seeds in two weeks' time, Selection Sunday. That's right. So we have the small conference. That's in a week from this Sunday. Yeah. Yep. How about that? A week from this Sunday, we can see Wichita State be a one seed. You, Grand, you said Virginia the one seed if they win the ACC. Uh, the Missouri, you talked about Wichita State. They should be in the Missouri Valley Championship game. No, they won by like 30 yeah, today. They, to run yeah, whoever they're playing. Evansville. Evansville. I don't know. But I do, I mean, that's good. I know Evansville is in Indiana. Yeah. I like Indiana. Exactly. Okay. So. All right, catch catch our uh, our March Madness preview show next Friday while we're on spring break. Fantastic. We go to because we, so, we party hard, but yet we stay classy on this show. We'll switch gears and go to uh, soccer I talk. A friend of mine, Nick Taftis, joins us and be yeah. soccer talk. Who? The podcast. Yeah, on the woeful performance the United States had the other day. Although, did they or did they not look good in those jerseys, Nick? Your thoughts on the new jerseys that the USA has in store? Well, I honestly think they should have gone ahead and stuck either with the jerseys from last season or they really should have gotten some different color shorts. The all-white kit looks like a joke, honestly. We should burn those jerseys for the way we played the other night. I mean, granted, it was a a very tough situation. Uh, We were in Cyprus. Because you couldn't play in Ukraine because the world is not safe in Ukraine. And, yet you know, we go out and have an awful defensive performance with the old goat, Gucci Anyewu, and John Brooks, who I believe was making his first cap. And you can, is it concerning that the United States is playing this bad to start off the 2014 year? Well, it's a little bit concerning for the fact that we are heading, we are coming up on the World Cup rather quickly. But at the same time, it's not the most concerning thing because they have not made their final squad selections. They will be using this as an adjustment period to see who's playing well and who they should go ahead and call up for the World Cup squad. Have you seen the uh, the, the I think I saw a league on Twitter for the uh, the away jerseys. And they look pretty bad. Uh, I think to describe it to you over the phone, because obviously they can show you pictures. It's it's it, we're, pictures. we're basically it's basically a jersey divided in thirds, and it's blue, red, and uh, it's like blue, red, and white. It's it's pretty it's pretty bad. We we need we should have kept we should have kept the jerseys we had last year. 
Because Nike, what they do, what every sporting company does, sporting gear company, they get so overbearing with the gear, and then they just go crazy like Adidas, and they call it basketball uniforms. But are you excited for the uh, the friendlies coming up? We have a, a host of games like Azerbaijan, yeah. Nigeria, and Turkey. Who is the turkey? Well, though I have not seen those the uh, away kit yet, I agree that they should have set up with last year's kit because the Centennial kit that put out last year, though it was very similar to uh, kits they produced for other countries, it was a very classy kit, and they, I really kind of wish they would have stuck with that through the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. I like I like the uh, I like the, the red and white candy cane jerseys. They were cool. Well, well, who, who the, uh, they had the they had the alternate third kit, which was the Centennial jerseys, those all white ones with the original USA soccer emblem. I'm not sure if you ever if you got a chance to see them play in those. They played their game back in September in those. I can't. I think that might have been the last time they wore those. Though. Yeah, we need, we need might as well just go throwbacks for the World Cup. I think that's what the USA should do because um, for the fact that. Nike always is good with throwback traditions. We saw it. We see it in college basketball. We see it with uh, other sports as well. But um, one thing with the the the, uh, the USA, as the uh, the MLS is starting up. Nick, are you an MLS enthusiast? I am not the biggest MLS fan, though. Since I've come to AU, I've gotten more into the MLS. There are so many MLS fans on my floor, including my roommate. But I've also been paying close attention to the MLS as far as as you're probably, I'm guessing you're leading into the uh, teams that they'll put forth. There's so many, there's so much homegrown talent in the MLS, and that's been interesting to watch how the MLS has affected the U.S. national team in bringing back some of the uh, talent that the U.S. had sent abroad, Michael Bradley, uh, as well as uh, as I'm escaping me right now, um, as well as Clint Dempsey, uh, going back to the Sounders. Yeah, is it good for the MLS that they're getting guys from the national team? Because you have you have a lot of guys that were featured in the Gold Cup squad and also the qualifying that are now playing in the MLS. You, had, you mentioned Dempsey, Bradley, Graham Zuzzi, Kyle Beckerman. Is it good that these? Is it good or bad that these guys are playing against college kids in the MLS instead of the uh, the prestige of Europe? I think it's kind of a mix because they do get the team chemistry from playing together. They're playing against each other. They're getting more used to each other as and their playing styles. However, they're not playing. I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings by saying this, but they're not playing in one of the world's top leagues. The world's top leagues, I would like to see more American players abroad. Klinsman even said that he wants more players to challenge himself and play at the top level, and I do not consider the MLS the top level. I would consider leagues such as the Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga, Premier League. Those are the sort of leagues I think American players should be striving to play in. All right, uh, and we'll leave you out with this. USA has a few friendlies coming up, the last being June 7th against Nigeria in Jacksonville. Over under two wins for the United States. They have four games. They play Mexico soon. 
They have Turkey, Azerbaijan, and Nigeria. Well, overall, I think we'll do fairly well in those friendlies, but it's also going to be interesting to see if Klinsman is trying to save some of the squad or whether he's going to still be trying things out. So there's, it really could go either way. But overall, those matchups, we should cruise fairly easily through the World Cup. All right, he's Nick Pappas, MP Soccer Talk. Good friend of mine and a member of the AU Athletics Brotherhood for Life. Thanks again for taking the time and joining us. And have a good spring break. Thanks for having me on. And spring I will arrested. see you after spring break. Soccer Talk out of the books. Snack Radio, Black Talk Radio. Imagine you listen to the podcast on iTunes, Kate Bach of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. 2013 Rookie of the Year. That's right. Stop by to join us that she won because of the love of the fans. <laughs> and she's an avid hockey player and does not like basketball. Yep. Yeah. Kind like you. Even though she went to the Knicks game. I want to go to the Knicks game. I mean, it's funny. We talk about the Garden. I've never been to the Garden. And yeah, I've been to the Garden like 15 years. It's one, one of the places I do want to go. Really, though? Another guy who can get to any sport event he wants. I want to give a quick, quick shout-out, considering the show is, is, is coming to an end. Uh, ben Shub told me about this, and I want to play a great soundbite from it. Now, the mayor of Toronto, yeah. Rob Ford, yeah. was a guest on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. If you uh, operate under the impression that local politics are boring, you probably don't live in Toronto. Our first guest tonight has tripped, bumped, danced, argued, and smoked his way into our national consciousness. He's here tonight because I put him on my vision board and he appeared. Please welcome Mayor Rob Ford. Now, don't get me wrong. I am very, very happy that you're here. But why are you here? What good could come of this? Have you ever seen this show? No, because I, I, had, I had some crazy guy call me on my cell phone and I say, did. this is Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I want you to come on the show. So I see that as your own fault because you give your phone number out to everybody and then uh, I got a hold of it. And imagine my shock when you actually answered the phone and said, yeah, okay, I'll come out there. I mean, absolutely. I'm about customer service. I, yeah, I'm not even a customer. It's unbelievable. And I'm getting service. Everyone's a customer. You're you giving your, your phone number out to... Everyone, I picked you up at the airport, which I don't, I don't even pick my mother up at the airport, but, and you give your phone number out to people, um, and I, I imagine you've probably been doing that the whole time, yes, you gave it to me already, uh, and is that a good idea? I mean, uh-huh. don't you get a lot of crank calls and not know what's happening? Never. It's, um, I give my number out because um, you're the boss, and uh, when you say jump, I say how high. The taxpayers here um, want service. And I don't believe in going through all the bureaucrats. Call Rob Ford. I guarantee I'll return your call, and I'll go right to your front door to serve you. I've been doing it for 14 years. Realistically, how high can you jump? (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. You'd be surprised how fast I can move. So that was on the Jimmy Kimmel show of... um, the mayor of Toronto, yes. who is up for re-election. The crack-smoking mayor of Toronto. When he said October 27th is the election day, I love how he kept talking to the audience like they're the people that have votes for him. Yeah. We clearly, because people in L.A. have so much say in what the mayor of Toronto does. Exactly. But uh, how it ties into sports is he was uh, famously one of the video Kim was shown playing football. <laughs> which, as, soon as, he, as soon as he hiked it, he fell over. Because he didn't have a center, he did the dummy hike that fell over. And then the next one was he went to the the Bills game in Toronto. Yeah. And 
Yep. And then when you said they told me then is uh, the seats you were in were his. Yeah, supposedly like he stole some guy's seat or was in. Um, yeah. Oh, the is that the Bill King? Yeah. Yeah. Against yeah. Well, then, yeah, you're a neck of the woods. Yeah. Woo. Further west. Do you get do you get some of the Rob Ford hype up in your neck of the woods? Oh, uh, we get a little bit of it. The incident at the Bills game was a little, you know, blown up Classic. a little bit. You know, there was because every uh, journalist up there that's a Bills fan has to criticize the Toronto series because it's a terrible idea for Buffalo. But there will not be any Toronto series this year. Not this year, but I don't know why they keep returning to it. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Their fan base hates it. They have a good fan. Like, I don't like their fans, but they have a, a big fan base and, all through western New York. Yeah, and, and in southern Ontario, they have an active fan base, which is bizarre because like they, they don't draw anybody. Yeah. It's basically a road game. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's basically, yeah. Yeah. And they chose to play the Seahawks this past year. Well, yeah. they, I don't know if they choose to, but that was a terrible idea. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, no, this year was the Falcons. Oh, uh, Two years ago. Glory be the, the funk's on me, Bob. Keep that funk alive. Keep that funk alive. Mm. Well, it's 1975, and we'll just be keeping the ball alive. Let's talk about our quickly acclaimed segment, Tweets from Flow. Go from the Deep Flow 360 and find out, and we'll get it straight out of the gun. You tweet, uh, one of the legendary AU graduates, Willard Scott, turned 80 today. Who is Willard? (laughs) Willard Scott was. Uh, you know, everyone remembers the Today Show weatherman as Al Roker. The man before you was on it for a long time on the Today Show. With a man by the name of Willard Scott, may you graduate, who also worked at WAMU for, for a, a solid amount. He be, you will see him now every now and again on the Today Show doing a segment in his front yard in wherever in Florida. Because he used to famously, when he'd be on vacation, because he always... Uh, had a house in D.C. He would do a lot of live shots in front of his house and when he would do the weather. And he was, uh, he was also famous for popularizing and basically creating the Ronald McDonald character. Really? That's right. That is Willard Scott. A.U. Grant. A.U. Grant turns 80. been around forever. He's a TV legend. And your parents probably, your parents will probably know him. And I, I know him because I was born 40. So... Yeah, Willard Scott, an AU, one of the legends. No one AU and our strong journalism department. Exactly. I know, right? Proud, uh, proud member of that. All right, uh, interesting. For quick, since you mentioned that we were going to talk about the spring training, might as well. Flo wrote a riveting blog post. Wasn't really riveting. About the winners and losers of spring training. The other you have the Cardinals as the winners. That's a team for the past, like, decade has consistently been great. A winner for the most part. They've good organization. What, what about them? And the they made. They made Carlos Beltran uh, signs with the Yankees. They move out and Craig, who was awesome last year, from first base to right field and make room for their talent to First base practice, prospect Matt Adams. They traded David Freeze, who was awful last year. Got the uh, good center field defender that they needed for a while. And they needed pop at shortstop. They couldn't get, uh, and they, the Tigers uh, couldn't get a contract out with Johnny Peralta. So, and the Cardinals signed him up for a very good deal to get some pop in the infield. So, the game that keeps on plugging away, and right now, they look to be a great chance to be the team to beat next year in Major League Baseball. 
You have my beloved Texas Rangers as a team in which they get they signed uh, Prince Fielder and Cynthia. Oh, they traded for Prince Fielder. Uh, traded Ian Kimbler, who's now very disgruntled about Texas. Yes, and uh, he called uh, Josh Josh Daniels a sleazebag and helps the Rangers go zero and one sixty two, which they will. Which they, I think, unless well, I mean, you physically can. Yeah. It's just, it's just uh, <laughs> and also they, yeah, they also re Ron Washington, which I'm surprised they kept him considering they got the World Series twice and then have failed to get back since they yeah, started well, it's, it's also a front office job. The team did just decline. They made some great moves. They signed Shin, Shin Su Chu, who's a perfect fit. Kept him the lead off there. They black. Uh, Prince Fielder is a declining player, but even that he still has great power and it's a fantastic fit for whatever the hell they're calling that ballpark in Arlington. Exactly. I think it's just the ballpark. No, it's got, they got a new sponsor. I don't know what it is. It's something weird. I remember when it was AmeriQuest Field. I remember when it was originally the ballpark in Arlington. Uh, you know, Rangers ballpark. And then you have our beloved Natnals as a as a winner. You have no losers. I do have losers. Scroll up a little more. Thank you. The Reds. Uh, I got Phillies. That's laughable. The poor Philadelphia. I mean that 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 city. Is going through some tough times. Eagles think the Eagles want to win the playoffs. Yeah, the uh, the 76ers are a woeful franchise. Yeah, they are they're a worse run than this radio show. Give the Pittsburgh Pirates as a loser, considering the team that made the wild card, made the playoffs. They don't care what they did last year. They did nothing in the off season. They would think that playoff teams when they make that breakthrough and Pittsburgh had some luck in very good one run games, which usually is a syndicate. Not syndication, not syndication. A sign that you could be taking a step back, possibly because you won't be as lucky. But teams that I love when teams make uh, make a big up breakthrough year and then they do nothing in the off season to expect things to change. So they, I mean, they have a fantastic farm school, but they didn't do anything this off season. Also, the Cubs hired Rick Renteria. Renteria. Renteria as their manager. Very good hire. They are losers, according to you. Yes, because they did nothing really else in pitiful offseason. All right, more of our more of our uh, baseball hype coming in a few weeks is opening day, which is being petitioned to be a national holiday. That's right. It's just around the Exactly. Good friends of the show. It's just around the corner. Graham Burns, funniest or most interesting story of the week that you'd like to share? This past week. Yeah, with sports. Uh, um, last, was it last night, the UC Santa Barbara fan, Charlie, yeah, yeah. Last night, yelling at Hawaii coach, uh, Jib, Jib Arnold, maybe? Something like that. And, uh, he ends up getting arrested. He, it was a Steve Nash lookalike who charged on the <laughs> UC Santa Barbara, you know, uh, can probably was inebriated, but, yeah, that you know, we don't condole on the show. We definitely do not, and it's a very poor choice to charge onto a college basketball court and scream at the opposing. Yeah, and try to be like, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, when nobody's going to fight you. When you're yeah. maybe six feet, you're white. With bad hair. And bad hair. Going up against guys who are six foot five, six foot eight. Yeah, and the players were like, go, go sit there, we're not this yeah. is one guy, too. Yeah, this guy was like, just the coach, I got a tentacle, ran out of the coach, yelling at the refs, had to be restricted. And there's more on You see him in one of the videos. He, you see him run down the stage, 
she ran down to the court and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, tells him to F off. And it's like, it's like, okay, bro. I mean, you need to, you need to get a life. That was pretty wild. Like a captain in the ass. Yeah, a lot of people that are like, they should, after this, they should ban the court. And they shouldn't ban the court star. You just get security. Yeah, restrain somebody charging the court in the middle of the game. Yeah, that's a bad security. Maybe it's CSP. But then they ran, they ran back. He ran back to the front. I was like, where is the security? Exactly. We've had a mistake like that earlier this year. I think it was against, um, it was a co- I think it was a conference game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who. It makes me mad. I don't remember this. I think it was the, the first time played Holy Cross, which would be one of the very first home games yeah. you have coming back from uh, winter break. That's right. And mm. actually, no, it was in December because it was a non-conference game. Because the guys who were here from the University of Miami on the semester program, they're the ones that, that came and dressed up to the games. They, like, painted themselves and wore, like, ties on their heads. That's right. It was a, so I don't remember what non-conference game it was. <laughs> but... In that in that lull when the players go off the court in the sort of about a few minutes span before the dance team runs out, yeah, these guys completely hammered because I think it was the last game before winter break. Uh, they ran on the court and nobody noticed. Ran on the court and like danced around with quad and then ran off. And then they only and then the CSC people, the security people, didn't realize it until they came back to their seats. And that's when everyone's like, oh, it was those guys that did it. <laughs> so we have our own little uh, little blunders. Some other quick news to touch on. Michael Sam denies the White House invitation to the correspondence dinner, making me just mad that Obama would continue to throw in the spotlight when he's trying to train and get yeah. drafted. Yeah. Uh, he's absolutely right. He's making the right decision there because going to that dinner, just it just proves that for him it's more about what he, like, the person he is and the football player he is. Exactly. And he's made it all about football so far, so that was a good He's done a good job. He's a good combine yeah. as well. Uh, in basketball news, uh, the Knicks met with Phil Jackson. And Phil Jackson said, I'm not interested in the job at this time. So the Knicks are still trying to win. Not really. They are tanky boys. Them and the Knicks are tanky boys. Because Knicks fans are, they're so insufferable when they win. Yeah, exactly. Don't have them that often. I mean, I, I've been a Nets fan. And I was a loyal Nets fan when the team was god-awful. And I don't care. Now my team is not very good, but we're a playoff team in the East. And that's it. You got to do what you got to do. So the Wizards, we're going to give a quick shout-out. Uh, they're, they're currently the, the five seed. They are. Which we see them against the Chicago Bulls, who we own two two zero series with them. Ah. So, Wait, where do you bring your numbers? Shout out to the Wiz. Shout out to. And glad that Coach K is back. Uh, has some, well, he was uh, in the hospital, wasn't he? Uh, or Coach K had some, some. Are you in hospital too? You were trying, so you were trying to practice. Good to see him back. And Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band to headline a free Final Four music festival, which is great because the Final Four is in Dallas this year. I would oh, be in Arlington. Uh, it's in North Texas. It is in North Texas. All right, and before we finally end the show. You are the height of just too much of it. One, one thing I definitely want to get off my chest, the uh, yeah. craziest story this week is... I didn't even get to give a crazy story. Beefo360.com for it. Exactly. Um, we're, on this show, we're on this show, Full Springer, on my final thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ties back into the AU Athletics. With the, with the fact that we are a very proud institution here at American. We, we support our athletic department to an extent. I'm assuming more than we've done in the past. 
after we won. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also, we, we are, if those of you that don't know American University, we are a landlocked school surrounded by the beautiful facades on Foxhall Road, Nebraska, <laughs> the embassies, Maryland, and various other homes and residents around. So we can't really expand. We're, we're eventually turning a Nebraska parking lot into more dorms because more people are coming to AU. So we're trying, we're, we're trying, we're always a school trying to get money for, you know, donors and grants and whatnot. And uh, with our new athletic uh, director, I uh, was apparently visited by a, a person to be unnamed, but basically a student who is a baseball fanatic went to Dr. Dr. Billy Walker and who has only been in office who has only been here for a year. He hasn't even been actually he was officially hired on February twenty eighth, so congratulations to Doc Walker, hundred or um, three sixty five days. And we're still winning, which is fantastic and he's one of the best ADs Laverman ever met. Considering I've only met like two ADs in my life. <laughs> anyway, uh a student goes to our athletic director, and basically says, and basically arranges a meeting why we should have a baseball team. Now, I'll give you three reasons why we can't. But the numbers are absurd because it's it's not easy just to drop everything and use the field that we have that's attached to Jacobs Field because there's no fence, there's no warning track, there's no batting cage, there's no indoor facility because of the weather in D.C. as we have experienced is awful, mm-hmm. especially when baseball season rolls around. You have to hire coaches, trainers, buy equipment, jerseys, travel, travel. get players, scholarship money, which no, most of the AU, some of the AU teams aren't even fully scholarships. So I don't understand, as you were mentioning, Flo, why our athletic director, who is essentially one of the highest in command at the school, apart from the president, the provost, campus life in our boy Tim Staples. Yeah. Why would you go up to someone who is very high in command? He's a student. He doesn't even play club he doesn't play club baseball. He doesn't work in AU athletics with, with me. He doesn't he just goes to the games and is a baseball fan. Why would you wait, why would Dog Walker take the time to meet with him? Well I guess I'm guessing the student who uh, you know, name we will not say probably uh May have been asking him and maybe ask him a few times. Doc Walker's like, all right, I'm going to lay to this kid straight. Uh, you know, you do no harm. I'm just laying on good. And that's probably what he did. And I could, you know, I mean, I met Doc Walker once. And he seems like a calm guy. So he probably, like, wasn't, like, yelling at him, like, you're an idiot. He's probably like, all right, here's why we can't do it, X, Y, and Z. Get out of my office. Don't talk to me again. Yeah. Don't talk to me again. All right, so we'll end on that. Uh, once again, you can go to the podcast on iTunes or blogtalkradio.com slash FNAC Radio. Listen to our uh, exclusive FNAC Radio interview with SI Swimsuit Issue Rookie of the Year, 2013 K-Bot. Uh, and you get some uh, wonderful fun facts about how she would be down to go into space to do uh, a photo shoot. And she's a beloved fan of the Canadian hockey team that won the gold medal. That's right. DGF2. Also, you can listen to Nick Pappas talk about how willful the USA jerseys are and why we are in deep trouble unless, unless something can be changed. Our college basketball talk 
and our, our rants. Once again, you can catch us again next Friday, 4 to 5 Eastern. Radio.com. For Ben Florence, Graham Burns, Mike Gardner saying so long. We'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.